0: Welcome to the Andy Social Podcast. My name is Andy Dowling and sometimes you will see me play bass in the Australian metal band Lord. If you love a bit of old school heavy metal in the vein of Iron Maiden, Judas Priest, Queen's Queensryche, Halloween or something new like uh, Symphony X or hell if you've never even heard of any of those bands... I implore you to go over to lord.net.au and give some of our music a shot over there. We're also on Spotify, YouTube, iTunes, anywhere you find good music, in my biased opinion, you will find us as well. But lord.net.au is the best place to start. Now, in addition to playing in a heavy metal band, I also host the Self-Starter podcast, which is all about small business, self-employment, and freelancing. You can find more information on Self-Starter by going to selfstarter.com.au, or you can search for Self-Starter on your preferred Podcast player, maybe what you're listening to this podcast through right now. Now, before I kick into this week's episode, I understand and I admit that my last several intros, last several weeks, or my 2018 episodes have been a little bit samesy. They've been consistent, which is good, but they've been a little bit samesy, a little bit on format. This week I'm mixing it up a little bit because I've got extra information that I need to get out to you all. Some of it is a little bit self-indulgent, I will admit, but some of it may be of interest to you as well. So I think this episode in general is just different altogether, but I'll get to all that in due course. But I've got several web pages open in front of me on my laptop. I've got my notepad open. I've got a whole bunch of stuff here and I need to tick everything off the list. So bear with me. I will attempt to not stumble through all this and I'll try to make it as efficient as possible. But there's a lot of good stuff here. So first of all, this is the self-indulgent part of the intro. The other day, I found out that I'm a finalist for host of the year for the 2018 Australian Podcast Awards. Blown away. I had no idea that this was even a thing for me. Um, And I'm absolutely stoked and so, so happy that um, I'm being recognized at this level on a national level for podcasting. Now, this is for the self-starter podcast, which initially I thought, uh I didn't quite get it but um, because it's only been out for a few months, but I understand that um, obviously it's a very important topic and something that um, can impact a lot of people. So I'm really, really happy with uh, what I've been able to achieve with Self-Starter, but also to get that recognition very early in the piece as well. So thank you so much for the panel of judges that put me into the finalist spot. And the uh, award winners will be announced on May 5th in Melbourne. Uh, If you want to be a part of the Australian Podcast Awards night on the 5th of May in Melbourne, you can go to australianpodcastawards.com. There's information there of how to purchase tickets. Um, There's also a list of all the finalists there as well. I may be there on the night. I originally wasn't because I've got something... Very important that is on the same day every year. But I'm going to try and uh, give myself a challenge and see if I can tick both things off on the same day. So uh, if I do make it to Melbourne, for any of you out there, let's uh, potentially have a beer together. We'll see how we go. So uh, AustralianPodcastAwards.com, you can go and check all that out. But thank you very much for the recognition. That is huge. So moving along from the self-indulgent aspect of it, next thing, this podcast and the next several weeks of Podcast episodes on the Indie Social podcast have a sponsor. That's right, I have a sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Design by Jaden. Now, Jaden Fahey is a freelance artist, and he's based in Darwin. And he approached me a while ago, and he does a lot of artwork for um, bands and artists, a lot of people in the music industry. And his artwork's really, really good. And uh, Jaden approached me, and um, we've been having chats back and forth, and we've just got something really cool for you guys. So. Uh, Design by by Jaden is the sponsor for the next several weeks. And between now and Sunday, May 6th, I want to give you guys an opportunity to win a free custom T-shirt design or a free album artwork design. Now, if you're not a muso, uh, more than likely, Jaden would be more than happy to work out an alternative design if you've got a business or whatever it might be. But um, obviously, his forte is in music, so um, definitely uh, that's probably the main focus there. But free artwork up for grabs. So what I am going to get what I'm going to get you guys to do is leave a review for me somewhere. Now it can be on Facebook, it can be on iTunes, it can be on, um, I don't know if Stitcher had to do reviews there, anywhere you can leave a review on the internet, it doesn't matter, no place is better than anywhere else, I'm not going to discriminate, but if you leave a review somewhere on the internet, please send me a screenshot of that review or a link and you will go into the running to win Free artwork by Jaden So if you want to go and check out his stuff You can go to designbyjaden.com And that's Jaden spelled J-A-I-D-E-N So designbyjaden.com So you can get a taste of what um, his style is all about Really, really impressive stuff And uh, if you want to get some free artwork um, That's how you get into the mix of uh, potentially winning that prize But i um, really, really stoked to have a sponsor on the podcast Almost three years in and I finally got somebody How good's that? So designbyjaden.com Go and check it out. Okay, moving along. Now, back to the regular format. So as people would know, and each and every week, I do a shout out. I do a public thank you to somebody that supports this podcast. Now, it can be leaving a review somewhere. It could be uh, shouting me a beer via my paypal.me uh, button on my antisocial.net website. It could be buying a t-shirt or the USB pass from my uh, online store through Bandcamp. Um, it could be anything. It could be a message. It could be referring a friend. It could be just spreading the good news of this podcast. It'll fuels my fire and gets me so excited and pumped and motivated and it means a hell of a lot to me. So each and every week, I believe it's my duty at bare minimum to say thank you to somebody that helps me. So this week's shout out is for Matt Jansen based in Melbourne. Matt has been listening to the podcast, been commenting on a lot of posts over the past several months and he's even slung me, slung me, is that the right descriptive verb or whatever it is? Um, he has sent over a $10 beer shout via my, uh, shout me a beer function, um, on the paypal.me button on my website. So a massive thank you to Matt who has, uh, donated. He's supported and um, is always sort of vocal and, and passing on his, uh, his positive feedback to me. So it's greatly appreciated. Thank you so much, Matt. Matt, please send me a message, um, with your postal address and I will find something laying around my house here. I'm looking around. There's, I've got lots of crap here, but I'll send you about something funny or cool something. I don't know, anything in the post because we like getting something in the post. So shoot me a message. Give me your address and I will flick something out to you very shortly. But thank you very much, Matt. Greatly appreciate it. Okay, folks. This week's episode is with Caitlin Langley. Now, there's no surprises here, guys. You know what this episode is all about. You clicked on the link. so. But nonetheless, I will attempt to give a little bit of context as to how this episode came to be. Um, so bear with me. I'll try and keep this short and sweet. Now, I've known Caitlin for 10-plus years. Uh, Caitlin used to live in Sydney. We've got a lot of uh, mutual friends in the local music scene here in Sydney, and since then, Caitlin has relocated to a town called Wagga Wagga, which, for my international listeners, yes, that is a real town. Now, uh, Caitlin is currently the media spokesperson for a community group that is pushing for an exclusion zone and safe access for women that utilize a fertility clinic in a town called Aubrey, which is about an hour and a half away from Wagga Wagga and is located on the borders of New South Wales and Victoria. Now, fertility clinics, fertility medical intervention, abortion termination, all that kind of stuff, I completely understand. This is an emotionally charged, very sensitive sensitive topic. It can divide people very quickly. Um, So it is a bit of a, a different one for me. But I'll put it out there and I won't even hesitate. I am absolutely pro-choice. And uh, if you are opposed to that and you are otherwise pro-life, respect. Um, However, I am pro-choice. Now, what Caitlin is pushing for is an exclusion zone because now to give a bit bit of context and try and articulate this, and I know Caitlin will do a better job than me, but um, there's outside of Sydney in the state of New South Wales, there is only one other fertility clinic in New South Wales, which is located in Albury. Now, This fertility clinic only provides the service for intervention for abortion termination on one day a week. And this one day a week, when women utilize this service, there is a local religious group that protests out the front of this fertility clinic. Now, this uh, religious group is called Helper of God's Precious Infants, which sounds incredibly creepy, but nonetheless, they are at the front and they protest. Now, there is nothing wrong with voicing an opinion, um, regardless of whatever that might be. However, the way that they are allegedly doing it is of concern. And so what Caitlin is pushing for is a law that allows safe access for women that utilize this service each and every week, and to give a radius of 150 meters around this fertility clinic so that people can safely access it. Now, I'll let Caitlin explain a lot more of this. I stumble all the way through this episode because this is so sensitive um, of a topic. And for me being a guy, I always feel like I'm not deserving to be talking about this. But one thing that Caitlin really made a mention of is that Yes, this is a women a woman's issue as far as you know, a woman's body, but it's also giving an individual the right to make that choice as well. So yes, it, it is a gender-related topic, but it's also about individual rights as well. So um, the big takeaway about this is not to remove people's rights um, about protesting or, or voicing their opinion, but it's to find balance and to find equal uh, uh, equal rights for, for everybody involved with this. Uh, it's a very sensitive topic and I'll let Caitlin explain it. So um, I'm going to let, jeez, uh, <laughs> I'm stumbling through this. I'm going to let Caitlin explain this, everything we discuss. And there are some things that Caitlin really wants people to get behind and, and, and do, especially if you are uh, pro-choice, Um and I'll put everything over in the show notes over at andysocial.net. Um, there's heaps and heaps of links um, and everything that Caitlin talks about will be over in the website. So make sure you go over there. I'll add a little bit more at the end of this episode for you guys to uh, to note down as well. But um, yeah, I'm going to leave it at that. Uh, please, please enjoy this episode. This is a really, really good episode. Um, I really hope that you guys get something out of it. But um, please enjoy this episode with Caitlin Langley. I'm struggling. I've been, I've been writing down all these notes and reading all these articles that you've been flicking through to me, and I'm trying to work out where the hell to start with this because it could go deep really quickly. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think the big thing, and maybe this is a great way to kick it off, is that recently you were emceeing at a rally in Albury, and do you just want to touch on what the rally was all about and how the hell you got to be yeah. emceeing a rally? <laughs> 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 sure. Um, okay, so I'll I'll start by
1: saying the rally was to bring to attention um, there is uh, there is um, obviously um, in New South Wales uh, there is actually it's it's actually illegal for people to have abortions um, and the other problem that we have is that there is one clinic outside of metropolitan Sydney um, that is available for people to use um, for terminations that is outside Sydney and Melbourne. That's, this is the only place where you could go to get a termination. And um, the the problem is that uh, it's, it's picketed every single Thursday, which is when they offer terminations by this group. And this has been going on for, uh, for, for years. Mm-hmm. And um, it, you know, the group is very militant and they've, they can be quite aggressive and very confrontational um, that, you know, they take photos of people and they threaten to use them on, you know, on Facebook uh, for, you know, if they come in to, you know, get, get a termination or, you know. Um, so I guess the whole point is that uh, the people that were involved in the group that I'm sort of acting as the media spokesperson for, which is we need exclusion zones right here, right now, um, what, what they're basically trying to do is just to get an exclusion zone outside of this clinic so that people that need to access those services, whether it be family planning, counseling, you know, contraception or a termination, um, you know, it, it doesn't really matter what it is because, I mean, to our mind and, well, to my mind, uh, whatever that person is going there to do is nobody's business but themselves and the doctor. And, you know, I mean, the thing that I think is crazy is that these these people that are, um, you know, that are picketing outside of this clinic, they don't really know what that person is going in there for. Um, you know, it could be somebody who actually really wants to have a child, but they have, you know, a medical condition or, you know, maybe the child's heartbeat stopped. And, you know, that it, it, nobody should have to go through the assumption that, you um, you know, what they're doing is they're murdering a child or, um, you know, even just the sake that, that um, you know, you're forcing someone, forcing your own religious ideologies onto someone else. Like we we live in a secular society, um, supposedly, and so um, I guess a lot of people, you could say, you know, ha- people have the right to go on and make decisions based upon their personal beliefs, not, you know, to have someone accost you in the street and tell you, well, this is what I believe in, you know, you're going to go to hell if you don't follow my belief system. So, yeah.
0: <laughs> well, I think what, um, what you said before about, you know, the people that are protesting not understanding what that person's story is, it's also the, the case that, you know, the person that's going in there shouldn't have to explain themselves to justify the reason as to why they're going in there anyway. So as you as you mentioned, it's it's their business and it's a private matter and it's not for anybody else's, you know, information or for them to privy to.
1: That's right, yeah. So... Um, I actually got I got involved with this group. I I live very close to Albury. Um, I live about an hour and a half away in a place called Wagga Wagga, and um, I actually know some people that live in Albury. And I heard this. Um, I actually heard a an interview, uh, not an interview, a podcast about um, this group. Um, and I, I was I was gobsmacked that this kind of stuff is happening in Australia. I had no idea that there were groups like this that were so. Um, uh, maybe violent isn't the right word, but really aggressive. Mm. And I was just shocked to know that it was happening right outside my doorstep. And I was just like, you know, you hear about it happening in America and, you know, you think, gosh, that's awful. But, you know, when you hear about it happening so close to home, you're like, oh my gosh, I I need to do something about this. This is crazy. So that's what got me into it.
0: So did you know somebody that was already involved in, in... I guess the group um, that was trying to, you know, look for exclusion zones or uh, introduce exclusion zones, or was it just something that you heard about? You're so shocked about it, you thought, "Stuff it! I'm just gonna, I'm gonna dive in there and uh, and see what I can do to contribute."
1: That's pretty much how it happened. Um, I just, I was so moved by the um, the, you know, the. I did a bit of reading on it because obviously, I, you know, for me, I'm, I'm a scientist and I, I kind of, I need proof. Hmm. I, I want to I know that, you know, I, I don't just want to go by hearsay. Um, so I did a little bit of research on this group and, you know, I was just shocked to find that, you know, that this has gone uninterrupted for years, y- you know, this aggressive picketing like you see um, by, you know, some of those, um, you know, those really fundamental groups in the States. And I just thought, this is crazy. I can't believe this is happening in Australia. You know, I, I think you know, we're pretty lucky in Australia that, you know, people are pretty moderate about their beliefs Mm. um, by comparison to America. And um, I just thought it was a bit sad that, you know, people's right to, you know, autonomy was kind of getting interrupted by a small minority group of extremists that are basically saying, well, our beliefs should dictate your rights, um, so that's kind of how I got involved. I mean, I'm I've always sort of been um, had very strong beliefs about reproductive advocacy, which is you know basically to say that you know a woman's right to choose whether or not they want to have a child and and that sort of thing, which I know is a, a contentious topic. But um, you know, I you know I just kind of think I've I've had friends that have gone through you know abusive situations where, you know, that just, you know, to be able to carry through a pregnancy to full term just would not have been the right thing. You know, they'd, they'd been uh, raped or abused and you just think, how could you possibly justify trying to make someone in that situation, you know, carry through a pregnancy to full term when, you know, it's obviously not what they want and it's not going to be something that's going to be a good situation for the mother or the child. It's, um, it's, kind, of so, when,
0: it's kind of when the ideology just completely just disregards rationale. Like it's, it's, it's so, it becomes somebody's whole world that the, the letter of the religious law is far more important than, than common sense. And you know, there's that I guess that god fearing aspect of it all, where you know, regardless of how, and probably deep down for a lot of, I'm, I'm sure, I mean, this is this these are more extremist versions of, of people that practice religious faith, but um, you know, it gets to a point where even probably deep down, while they they're in a sense of denial, they're probably still thinking that even though there might be some, natural instinct where I think that there could be an element of doubt or or wrongness that's that's uh, attached to this the The law of of the religious code or whatever this is um, just overwrites it all, and I have to stay true to what that what whatever the scripture is or whatever the hell their their beliefs come from. and it's just like this this uh, sort of religious- blanket. Yeah, absolutely. It just becomes so they're headstrong and it's like anybody that, um, you know, just in a, I mean, this is in a less extreme setting, but somebody who's in an argument and the whole point of the argument is just to win the argument rather than actually trying to find like the right answer. It's like, I just don't want to be wrong and I'm going to keep fighting this yeah. until I win the argument regardless of, of the, of you know, the truth behind it all. And um, That's right. Yeah, it's this, it's this element of of cognitive uh,
1: dissonance
0: yeah yeah (laughs) for sure absolutely um and i read i read somewhere online i was reading through some of these articles that um i think they did some some kind of survey i don't know where the survey was um sourced from but um it was something like 80 percent of australians um are you know pro-abortion and understand that you know women should have the right to make those decisions themselves and it shouldn't be up to anybody else to make that decision. And, you know, 80% is still concerning because that means there's 20% of the population out there that think otherwise. But, I mean, when you're talking about these groups that have been coming every Thursday to this particular clinic, um, you know, we are talking about the minority, but the minority is obviously quite loud and is causing a lot of negative impact.
1: Well, I mean, that's the thing to me that's, uh, it, it, it really blew me away, Andy. I went to two of the city council meetings where uh, the local – so in the, in the council they were trying, there was one particular council member, uh, Dr. Amanda Kahn, who uh, was trying to get an exclusion zone outside of this clinic through the local council. And that was voted down nine to three <laughs> in the council twice. Wow. She brought it up in two separate council meetings and I was there. And I, I honestly, I thought common sense will prevail mm. for sure. I called up the mayor and I said, look, cause, you know, I, I, I met, I contacted her and I said, what can I do? I really, I really feel passionate about this. This is something that, you know, I really think needs to pass. And she said, just call up the mayor, have a chat to him. And, and he sounded a little bit, you know, like a little bit touchy, you know, sort of wasn't making any promises. But, oh, yeah, I understand that, you know, women's rights and et cetera, et cetera. Mm. And then he voted it down. But, you know, the thing that I found really frightening was that the the voices of some of the people that were in the council that were, you know, one of them was a Labor member. And he um, he's actually kind of a, a member of this group this religious group. He's been seen outside of the clinic with this group. And and the, the attitude that he had, which was almost, you know, disdainful towards, I mean, obviously he opposes it, which is his right. Um, but, you know, it wasn't just respectfully disagreeing. It was like throwing stones and, you know, getting really, um, you know, passing some really Unnecessary comments and you know rolling his eyes and sneering and I just thought you know this is you're not you're not on a level playing field and you know they're just they you know this this arrogant sort of sense of superior moral superiority that they sort of carry was just really um, really disappointing to see and I mean obviously that echoes a majority of the the community which is to my mind really. Um, it's, it's really frightening, but that's the reason why I've gone out as the media spokesperson to try and, you know, make people outside of this community aware of what's happening because it's not just Albury that is affected by this issue. It's actually, you know, it's Wagga. It's, it's everywhere that's outside of metropolitan Sydney, um, in New South Wales that is affected by this because, um, you know, it's the only place where you can get that sort of medical help outside of Sydney or or Melbourne, if you can go there. So, yeah. It's It's absolutely
0: um, scary that, you know, for somebody that goes through some form of event that warrants a heavy decision like that, regardless of how, you know, how many months along or anything like that. Putting all that aside, I mean, it's a heavy decision, and it's not just something that you go in there and it's just a, you know it's a, almost like a routine checkup. It's it's I mean I I don't know a great deal about it, and I'm coming from a guy's perspective, but the yeah. the perspective of it is something that it would be to a level traumatizing and it's not something that, you know, is is a pleasant experience anyway. But then to mm. be in an area where there's no options whatsoever, then you have to travel a great distance and then as your and, – and whatever challenges that, that entails. But then to get to the location and then have this final stumbling block where you've got people that are just pointing fingers at you is just – I mean, I can't even begin to imagine what that's like. But just, I mean, the logistics of just understanding where – or not where these these uh, these uh, these places are is just it's really concerning and I mean I had no idea I mean I knew that um, you know, the debate overall and a high level has been there for for decades and and I know that um, we've become a lot more i guess progressive and and we've evolved with our our views of, of people's rights and what they're allowed to do but um, I didn't realize and I, and as you said you know when you first discovered you know what was happening. You were shocked. I mean, when you gave me all this information, I was reading through it all. I went, "Oh my god, this is like you know, stereotypically the deep south of the U- U.S. or something like that." Like, I had no idea. And it's just, um, and actually on that on that note, um, because I I really have no no clue when it comes to, and I'm not sure how much you're you're able to tell me, but you mentioned at the start about, um, you know, abortion having like it's not legal in New South Wales or it is or it is in certain circumstances what's the do you know what what that entails
1: so um my understanding of uh what so technically it's not legal in New South Wales there's only two states that it's legal to have an abortion and that's I believe uh Victoria and uh I think Western, uh, the Northern Territory. Mm -hmm. Don't quote me on that, but, um, so basically whilst you can have a termination in New South Wales, the doctor has to be able to say that you are not mentally sound to carry through a pregnancy. So if you happen to say, for instance, go to a doctor that had some sort of religious belief that Maybe they were not, you know, they were not on, um, they didn't believe that abortion was, uh, you know, something that was good, uh, you know, according to their religious beliefs. They might say, look, I don't, I think you're mentally sound and I think that you should, um, you know, I think that you should have this pregnancy, Um, which I have, uh, I've never had to be in that situation before, but I just know that uh, here in Wagga, I have personally experienced uh, people pressing their religious ideologies on me just for contraception, mm. um, and and I was really shocked um, to find that, like, to find myself in a doctor's office where I had a doctor basically berating me for my choice to um, have, you know, used uh, some uh, on on behalf of a specialist that I had previously been referred to, um, you know, on a on a checkup that I had gone to this doctor to see and they were interrogating me about why I'd chosen to do that. And I thought, wow, you know, that's, that's a serious bridge of, um, professional, um, responsibility, I think. And I just, I guess that's why fundamentally for me, I feel, um, it's, it's very difficult. Um, when that, you know, if you're in a small town where you've only got access to one doctor Um, it's very possible that you're not going to have the support that you need to make the decision that's best for you. So that's why it's important not only to be able to legalise, you know, people's rights to make that decision um, so that they're not in that position where they have to, you know, feel they're obliged to make a decision based on someone else's belief, Um, but also the exclusion zone in New South Wales would also mean that people can access that service without having to feel intimidation or fear or, you know, being harassed when they're trying to access those services.
0: Absolutely. And it's so concerning that, you know, people that have invested so many years and money and dedication into like a medical field would allow you know a, a religious faith to impede on their medical judgment it's sort of it's almost like a slap in the face for all those years that they've invested in into their medical career to have like the the the, the, the hand of God um, actually override all of that logic and go no nah, nah, sorry that's uh you know in the in the Bible or whatever I'm, I'm referring to uh, that uh, overrides all my rationale when it comes to my medical medical training and I, I feel I mean I could, couldn't begin to imagine what it'd be like for for, for a woman or anybody that would, um, regardless, I mean, even like, uh, not, I won't go down this rabbit hole, but it's like the assisted dying debate at the moment. And yeah, you know, when that, and that's starting to get some traction and there is progress with that, but, ultimately you're at the mercy of that doctor and their own beliefs as to whether they feel that you're eligible to progress to whatever that next stage is and that's that's terrifying and as, and as you said if you're in a, in a small town where there's only really you know one or two doctors um you you're really at the mercy of of what you're li- limited to there unless you can you can get out of get out of town but um it's not that easy
1: yeah, that's right. I mean, there is one story of uh, – so we had the Shadow Minister for um, the Environment and Heritage uh, for Trade and Tourism and Major Events, uh, Penny Sharp, who spoke at the rally that we had um, in Albury a couple of weeks ago. And um, she said that she was approached by one woman who um, actually took a, a taxi from Wagga. Um, so that's a one-and-a-half-hour taxi ride and, um, because she was concerned she didn't want her family to know that she was going for a termination. Mm. When she got there, the cab was surrounded by this group of people. They were banging on the windows and the cab driver was shaken and the woman was, you know, obviously a little bit traumatised because, I mean, that that's kind of, that's what we're dealing with. That's the level of extremism. And, you know, the thing that frustrates me is that, um, and, and I'm sure that a lot of people would agree, is that, you um, you know, it, it's kind of it, – these people are abusing their religious privilege to bully people. Mm. And, and that's – you know, if there's no other situation where people would be allowed to behave in such a manner and not get moved on. For example, like if you had a group of vegetarians who are peacefully protesting outside of a butcher – they, you know, the police would move them on probably because that would be, co- you know, causing a public nuisance. But, you know, the reason that this has been taken to state level um, as opposed to going through the council is obviously it's been voted down by the local members in Albury. So, um, so now it has to go to state because basically um, it needs to be something that's uh, enforced by the police. You can't have local rangers going in and trying to, you know, arrest people. Um, it needs to be done by the police. It needs to be something that people can enforce. So um, the problem that we're facing now that it's at state level is that, um, and, and this is the thing that's, I mean, I'm not a really, I haven't always been a really politically engaged person. It's just that this is an issue that I've, I I've discovered and I'm like, wow, this is like, I didn't know that this was a problem. Mm. And that's what's really mobilized me is that I realized, wow, nobody really knows about this. And, you know, the, a lot of the members in our um, state parliament in New South Wales are very conservative. And my concern is that if we don't have people calling up your local members, it's not actually going to pass. And that's, that's why I'm, I'm sort of trying to reach out to everyone because, you know, it was a shock to me and, and it was a shock to you, but like a lot of people just don't know. People aren't engaged. And I'm, I'm as guilt I'm very guilty of, the, of that um, because I think our generation is kind of a little bit politically disinterested. Um, but, you know, I think if we, if we actually want something like this to, for people to have that basic liberty, to be able to have medical privacy, um, we actually will need as many people as possible to like, to be calling up their local members and saying, Hey, I uh, just wanted to make you aware that this is an issue that's important to me. Either call them up or send them an email. Um, I was actually really surprised. They're really good at getting back to you. Um, That's what their job is. So they will actually make time to speak to you. Um, And they need to know if that's something that is important to the people that are living in their area. Because if nobody talks to them, then they're just going to keep on with their conservative views. Um, and, And it is a majority of sort of more conservative ideologies that are being embraced by a lot of these members so I mean the general consensus at the moment is it's probably not going to be passed so my challenge now is to go okay how can I you know how can I get people engaged like this is something that I think all like most people in our generation would be like oh yeah of course of course people shouldn't have to be harassed by you know a religious group when they want to go to the doctor you know but how long would it take anyone to send an email to their local member and be like, Hey, this is something that I care about. Can you please make sure that you do the right thing? And you, you know, you, you vote for the, um, the amendment, which is what Penny Sharp is doing. So what she's trying to do is, uh, get the summary offenses amendment to safe access to reproductive health clinics. Um, it's going to come before the new South Wales parliament this year. And, she'll just she'll need for the other members in parliament to be voting to have that amendment to go through. So basically what we're trying to do is to get people to just call up their local members, email them, let them know that it's something that's important and that needs to be changed. Um otherwise there's no reason for them to go with their default position.
0: It's um I think you hit that hit the nail on the head earlier when you said About people's, uh, I'm trying to think of a better word than ignorance, because I always put ignorance in the bucket of, you know, an intentional ignorance. But I think, you know, when you said the scenario of people having the right to be able to make decisions and not be harassed by um, the decisions that they make, um, it's almost like this given, and I think many of us live in areas you know around the country around the world where um we take it for granted you know and we don't make heavy decisions which impact or not impact anybody but other people feel impacted by it and so we don't come across these these moments of adversity where we've got to try and challenge the status quo or you know or or challenge anybody that's trying to stand in our way and so you just think well yeah of course i mean that's just a given so what's the big deal like it's just simple like just you know they shouldn't be doing it but then you realize that well It's not that simple and it becomes this big convoluted complicated mess that um that requires so much firepower to be able to to change it so um when you contacted me and you are telling me about all this stuff i just i mean i sat there and went oh wow i like i kind of knew or knew these things kind of existed in concept but um to know that it was happening to the extent that it was really sort of Highlighted to me, well, oh, geez, what, what do I do from my side here? And so, I think you know, I get a lot of guys that listen to this podcast, and we're often disconnected in a way. I mean, sometimes we are, we are connected by you know spouses, partners, family members, and and you know that we have that connection in that way. But sometimes I think we feel a little bit um, outside um, the circle, and I certainly, from my end, feel a little bit odd or uncomfortable when I talk about subjects like this because ultimately it impacts women. And so I think what right do I have to say either way? But um, it's, it's incredibly important. And obviously, you know, denying one person of one particular thing leads into a whole range of other scenarios and and different types of decisions out in society and it, it sort of opens the floodgates for other people to to uh you know in, invade other people's privacy for for other reasons as well so it's not just about you know the the topic at hand but it could be a wider a wider problem as well if it's not being dealt with properly
1: exactly and I mean I guess my feeling is that you know I guess the issue that's at hand is that the group which is called the helpers of God's precious infants or the hog, hog pie, as we call them, because it's just shorter and less obnoxious. Yeah. Um, they, you know, they say that they're exercising their right to protest peacefully, um, but, you know, we, we feel that there are so many other places available for people to pray. There is that many churches in Albury. Doing so outside of that particular clinic is just an abuse of their religious privilege. And, you know, there's – I think, you know, the police, their hands are tied, but at the same time there's been very little action when there has been, uh, you know, confrontations. I mean, this group, they bring their kids and they hold up placards. They're they're handing out fetus dolls to people that are passing by in the street. Mm. There's people that, you know, that live on that street that have to deal with harassment, you know, Every day there is one of the people that um, shared their story to Penny Shark um, said that, you know, they, they live on that street and they were pushing a pram with their daughter and, you know, they got told, they told their child that their mother is going to murder a child. Oh, I saw that, and, yeah. And, yeah, like, you know, she's just taking her daughter to ballet. Like she has nothing to do with it. But, you know, the thing is it, it affects the whole morale of the, the community because, you know it's not just the people that are going to the clinic it's the people that live on that street it's the it's the medical staff that work there that get harassed and um you know it just creates unnecessary friction and you know in victoria there was actually uh, a man that was killed by an anti-abortion protester and that's when they implemented they've actually got safe access zones in mm-hmm. victoria because of that um so you know we just I mean, the group that I represent, we support the right to privacy because people seeking medical advice and family planning should, you know, it should be a relationship that is confidential between the doctor and the patient. And you can't assume the circumstances or the reasons why somebody is attending the clinic. You know, some people are, you know, in domestic violence situations. They're, they might have an illness that they can't, you know, they can't carry a child or, you know, it's just none of our business. Um, so it's really inappropriate for, you know, this group to feel like they can restrict the access of people, well, um, you know, getting to that clinic.
0: Yeah, of course. And I, one thing that I probably should have mentioned or asked um, right at the beginning when we started talking was with this with this exclusion zone that's being pushed for, what, what does it actually mean and what, what's, it, what's it look like? What's an exclusion zone look like and what, what would be the proposed requirements?
1: Um, So um, the exclusion zone, if it was passed, would be able to, um, it would basically be the police being able to move people on who were found to be within, I think it's 150 metres of the clinic. So that means that they could no longer um, stand on the sidewalk. They couldn't, you know, hold up signs. They couldn't, you know, park their cars as they have been doing along the entire street. So people then didn't have the choice to not engage with these people. Oh, uh, so they're actually, they're taking up the whole street so that these people can't just go into the clinic. They're, you know, they're having to walk all the way down the street so that they can't avoid engaging with these people. So that's basically, if it would mean that the police could enforce these people and move them on from, you know, from engaging with people that are accessing that street. So that includes patients and just pedestrian traffic. So you couldn't block that with your, you know, your protest movement. They, they could, you know, they could pray or they could protest somewhere else. But it needed to needs to be 150 meters away from that clinic.
0: Yeah, I, I, I mean, I have to give them credit. For every Thursday to go to that level of of dedication, I mean that's that's it's pretty impressive. I mean you, you sort of think you know, do these people have jobs or have they got other commitments that they need to do like a, a Thursday? And I'm assuming that they're there for the entire um, you know hours of, of of operation for the clinic on that particular Thursday. But it's just like. Guys, like, I'm sure there's like a million other things to do, but I guess when, you know, we're talking about religious faith and ideology and, and certainly more extreme versions of it, then, um, you know, it, those things are, are mere uh, little hurdles to jump over and this is this is nothing for them whatsoever to, to do. But it's just, it's incredible what, um, to what extent people will push, um, you know, their views on other people. And, and um, you've alluded to this already, and mentioned it, you know, it's, and, and certainly read it in some of the articles that, you know, everyone should have the right to voice an opinion and protest and and be able to say something of what they believe without fear of, uh, you know, fear of being attacked or persecution, absolutely. But, um, you know, there's certainly, you know, some, some guidelines there about appropriate um, actions, and um, this is, I mean, certainly not appropriate. And I, I, was, I wasn't going to mention this because um, I listened to your other uh, appearance in the... Um, that other podcast that I listened to, I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head. Um, iron, iron something. Uh, the Iron Fist and the Velvet Glove. There you go. Plug, plug, plug. I'll put a <laughs> link to it because it was really good. But some um, the guys rattled off these stories and I wasn't going to do it, but you, you mentioned a couple of them. And I think, I mean, my audience is going to be completely different to, to their audience. So I'll just to paint a bit more of a picture from mine, because I've got it in front of me. So, you mentioned the first story about the, the lady travelling to Wagga in a taxi um, and also the the mother and daughter who lived in the street and weren't actually going anywhere near the clinic or planning to go there but were getting roped into it. Um, there was another one where it says the, the clinic is forced to employ a security guard to ensure women have clear passage into the clinic. Even with security, women arrive in, inside shaking, crying and angry. Uh, women are travelling to Melbourne at great cost to have an abortion because they cannot face the abuse they will endure if they go to their local clinic. Uh, next story: is staff being followed home, accosted in the street, forced to walk. First, forced, forced to come to. Oh, hang on, let me do that in English. S- staff forced follow. Oh, Staff being followed home, accosted in the street, forced to come to work half an hour early to avoid the the abuse. This happens every day. I'll get there in the end. And then (laughs) that one's, I think that one just floored me. The fact that the staff are getting, getting abused by these people is just insane. Absolutely insane. Um, then the next one is a woman was uh, taking – oh, no, we talked about the ballet one. Uh, a woman sitting in a cafe in town is approached and told that there are photos of her going to the clinic and then threats of legal action, intimidation of staff, death threats towards staff, constant calling of the police to accuse the staff of murdering children. It's just like this like, yeah. this level of dedication that they have to just make people's lives so painful is just incredible. And, and, I mean, I don't – I mean, there's so many different – you know, versions or denominations of, you know, faith and and whatnot. So they've all got their little nuance of of how they approach it all, and it's all you know. Sometimes it contradicts each other, but you know, you'd think that um, on a you know, scraping the surface with the way that these people you know live their life with their faith is that it's it's a it's a faith of charity and forgiveness and, and care and love and understanding and, and these actions, these examples just there, um, are in they, they completely contradict what um, a lot of, you know, Christian faith is meant to be. So it's just this, yeah. you know, it's in, absolutely insane and you sort of lose, it's almost like these people have, have lost the plot or what the core being of, of what um, what their, their religious faith is all about.
1: That's right and, you know, th- the funny thing is, you know, sitting inside this these council meetings and they're all, you know, they're all there and very well-dressed and, you know, you kind of look at these people and and I couldn't help but think, you know, if we weren't here for, diff- for the reason that we're standing here today, I'm sure I would think these people would be great neighbours, but it is our fundamental beliefs which divide us. Mm. And, you know, I hesitate to say, you know, I'd, I'd love to sit down with these people and just say, look, I don't – I'm not asking you to change your beliefs, but I'm asking you to respect other people's beliefs. So, you know, but, the, you know, the, the cognitive there's, – there's probably no point in sitting down with someone that has strong beliefs. It's like trying to convince an atheist that there's God, mm. right? It's just, you know, it doesn't matter which side of the scale that you're on. If, if you have somebody trying to convert you – it's just not going to happen. And for the same reason, I I probably would be wasting my time if I was to sit down with these people and try and have a rational discussion. I mean, I'd really like to think that, you know, I I, I admire their devotion to what they believe is right. And that's why I believe that it needs to be done in a respectful way. I mean, I don't want to come onto your podcast or anyone else's and try and, you know, make them into monsters. I think that they are people that based upon what they believe is right, it's not my belief because, you know, I don't, you know, I'm I'm very much not a religious person, but you know that they are doing what they believe is right, and you know that's that's what I'm doing. I'm no different to them in that way. I'm doing what I believe is right by trying to protect people's rights. Um, so you have to respect them for that, but it's just that the way that they're going about it is in a really really counterproductive way. They're not they're not helping people. They're you know I, I've actually said to them on social media, you know, some of the members, I said, why don't you, why don't you help the people that have already got children that, you know, are in really difficult social situations? Um, you know, like they they obviously are very organized and they're very, you know, they're very focused on this area, but, you know, it can be generated in such a more productive way. Um, you know, why, why aren't they helping single mothers that, are already in that position. You know, they they want to stop people from being able to you know have terminations. Why don't they why don't they um, help people in third world countries? You know, there's just to my mind there's just better ways of using your time if you feel like you want to do good well, I think than this... limit people's, you know, right to make their own choice.
0: Yeah. And I I saw a comment I don't know if it was on a picture or something on one of the pages on on Facebook and someone had said, you know, um, you know, wanting to do everything they possibly can to protect, you know, a a child, in, in inverted commas, but as soon as that child's born, then everybody walks away and, and leaves them and they're neglected. And it's almost like this complete focus and weight is being, is, there's no balance whatsoever. So Yeah, that's right. Know, and not that it, it validates the argument in any way, but I think if there was a demonstration of we don't believe in this and what we do in the circumstances where there's you know extreme circumstances of people having children for, for horrible reasons or whatever it might be, then These are the things that we've got we put in place to be able to support those people going through those traumatic times, then you could. You'd have a little bit more empathy for their situation and a little bit more understanding, even if you don't agree, and you still think that their their fundamental reasons for for objecting um, this choice um, is is still not sound. But um, you know, if they were able to demonstrate a little bit more proactively to say, you know, we it's not just about being opposed to something. It's like we hear all the demonstrations of trying to make society better for everybody. It's not just about you know following the the, the, the rule of God or whatever it might be. It's just, um, it's, it's, it I mean, I, I live in a regional area and I certainly look around and the demographic changes and not that it should stereotype as much because you see it in metropolitan areas as well, but there's a lot of young families. Um, there's a lot of single mothers. Um, there's a lot of, you know, problems with drug and alcohol, um, and a lot of broken families and, you know, um, you know the affordable housing that's that's around the place as well and just you know the socio economic of particular areas is drastically different to metropolitan areas and with that comes a lot of challenges and to be able to allow or to allow people to enforce opinions on people and not give them the choice to be able to not bring another child into the world that you know is probably not that that system's not able to actually look after them you're just creating a never ending problem you know, and it's yeah, just this never-ending cycle right. of 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 I mean, I'll I'll say it instead of you, but a never-ending cycle of shit. <laughs> you know, it just is, <laughs> it's it's horrible. And and how do you stop it? And not that you know abortions is the is the the end the end result but you know that's one thing in a larger scheme of of a, another discussion where it's just like you need to be able to alleviate some of those problems and yeah yeah especially when you know there's unwanted pregnancies from you know horrible and extreme cir- circumstances such as rape you know and why should somebody have to go through with a pregnancy which is off the back of uh, an extreme... A traumatic. Absolutely, the most traumatic of, of things to, to go through. And for somebody to turn around and say, no, nah, you're not allowed to, it's just...
1: It's very callous, isn't it? Like, I've, I've brought that to the attention of this group. I said, well, are you are you so callous that you think that, you know, a 13-year-old girl who's suffered, you know, trauma should have to carry a child to term? And nobody's answered the question for me mm. because the answer is probably Yes. And if that's the case, then you've lost the moral high ground, in my opinion. Mm. Um, if you, if you, I mean, it, it, it's such a contentious topic, I know, yeah, but absolutely. I mean, that, that to, to my mind is where you, you lose the argument when you take, you know, a, you know, you're taking a child and you're, you're, you're taking away their right to have a, a happy, you know, childhood. You're, 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 putting them through a really traumatic situation that they're not really prepared to go through. And you know that that's fundamentally why I think, you know, when you're talking about that that sort of situation or I mean it shouldn't matter though. I mean anyone who believes that they're not in the right and responsible situation to have a child should have the right to say I'm not, you know, I'm not prepared for this. It's not a decision that anyone I believe would take lightly. And that's why we need to respect people's right to be able to do that, because if they've come to that decision, you know, it's probably hard enough to be in that situation to begin with, oh, and then to come to that decision, you know. I mean, did you ever? um there's a program called Freakonomics, yeah, and they did um, they did a special on abortion and crime, and they had a really interesting. I think they said all um, all of the decline in crime in 1985 to 1999. Experienced by high abortion states relative to low abortion states is concentrated among, um, you know, basically from the people born before abortion legalization, there is no difference in the crime patterns for high abortion to low abortion states. Um, but so I'm not, I'm not doing, sorry, I I'd probably stuffed that up, but <laughs> basically um, in this freakonomics, you might want to scratch that little. I, I was reading ad lib from a from a thing, but it wasn't actually saying what I was
0: nice, trying I'm, to say. But I'm assuming what it means is, is, and you can correct me if I'm if I'm on the right track. Or I, I, I get you, a Gib. Is um is the states that have introduced you know abortion options have seen a decrease in crime within those yes. periods of time? So versus states that still have it as an illegal practice and it's not available for people. You're having a lot more unwanted pregnancies off the back of broken relationships, broken homes, domestic violence, crime, uh, you know, drugs and alcohol and all sorts of stuff. And so you've got a lot more children coming out of those scenarios that are being sort of put back into those similar situations of, of crime, which you know is then leading to the statistics. So whereas people are giving the option to be able to make, a decision to not bring another child into a a an abusive or you know um, traumatic uh, you know environment um, is seeing a reduction in in crime over a period of time as that uh, as that law sits there and and people continue to use it over over the years. With the, That's right. It, yeah. Cool. Yeah, yeah. And and it makes sense. I mean, and I guess you know a lot of people because it's such a touchy sub- subject for a lot of people to talk about it's hard to sit there and sort of look at the facts when you're talking about fundamentally about this choice and it boils down to this choice. And, you know, I, I'm sure like economics is is a US based thing. So looking at US states and the yeah. US, you know, is, is a big, big sort of religious country as far as, you know, their, their faith and the different denominations, uh, depending on where you are in the country. And there, there's a lot of extreme versions of Christian faith in, in the US as well. And we, we have it here in Australia in, in smaller pockets, but, um, mm. you know, ultimately when it comes down to it and your casual person, um, depending on how you word the argument and you talk about choice, um, it's a lot softer but when you talk about aborting or terminating in such an extreme word even though it's it's realistically what it is then you get slightly different answers from people and it becomes uncomfortable because people aren't used to talking about those things it's it they're not they're not dinner table or party uh topics to talk about and they can divide people so people tend to steer away from a lot of data and a lot of discussion around it which is it's concerning because that's why we have these situations that we have now where, you know, every Thursday we've got these, this group of people that cause so much anguish and, and problems that have just, it's just been left to, to sit there and fester for so many years. And, and I'm sure it happens in other parts of the country as well. And, I'm, and, you know, while some other states may have exclusion zones in place and that's helped, um, no doubt you'll still have to come across some form of friction no matter where you are in the country, just because of, you know, these pockets of people that have got their opinions.
1: That's right. And I think um, I I sincerely believe that people have the right to their opinions, whatever that may be. But, um, you know, the whole issue of safe access zones limiting free speech, um, they're basically all we're asking for is that, you know, the people can express their views Um, whatever they may be, but that they're not impeding on anyone's right to individual liberty. Mm. So the safe access zones are designed to protect the privacy and the dignity of the patients accessing the reproductive services. The harassing and intimidating of the patients as they attempt to access the medical procedure should be prohibited. Um, And under the safe access bill, people will be able to continue to express Their views on abortion, but they will have to do it in other places. So like in a recent poll by Lonergan Research found that 81% of New South Wales residents supported exclusion zones around the clinics um, and services provided. Um, So Victoria and Tasmania and the ACT are the three states that have legislated for safe access zones. So New South Wales, it, it just To me, it's just silly because, you know, I, I feel like it's a pretty progressive place, but we're still way behind in terms of implementing realistic, you know, laws like being able to access medical services without being accosted by people whose religious ideologies they feel they have the right to.
0: Inflict on you. <laughs> oh, still, still stuck in the past. I mean, and there's so many laws that have just been neglected and not been discussed for so many years. And then when they finally come to the surface, then there's this big question that sort of that gets discussed around a lot of people saying how the hell is this still a thing like this is you know this is you could probably understand if it was decades ago and even then it's it's scary that it didn't even existed in the first place but to have a law that still is valid and can be you know uh can be exercised is is so just it's it's really concerning but i guess as you said earlier you know if it's not discussed and it's not it's not being highlighted then it gets forgotten and when it's forgotten it's That's still, right. it, it doesn't go away it's just that it it, it still exists it gets and, repressed absolutely yeah yeah definitely um, one thing that i was going to mention i think I'll I'll probably just more make a statement rather than having you comment on it because you know I'm just I'm keeping in mind uh, your you know your position and what you're trying to do from your end. But I, I had a look on some of the Facebook pages and I was looking at um, I think there's one Facebook page that's sort of dedicated to um, the rights of privacy in Albury, and one of the tactics that they're taking is they're taking photos of the protesters and putting them online in a bit of a response to. What they're doing to the people that are attending the clinic, so sort of like you know, this is what making them culpable. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. And I-, I could be on the fence because I-, I-, I get it, and I think that sometimes that's the only way that people can understand what people have to go through if if they get a little bit of uh, a little bit of um, that that measure. But um, then on the other side of it, I sort of think, oh, like is that-, yeah. is that adding fuel to the fire? But I looked at some of these pictures and. I will make all the stereotypes here so you don't have to worry about saying it and, and I'll, leave it, I'll leave it to you. But, you know, a lot of them are elderly people. So there's a generational thing here. Um, I was extremely surprised at the amount of males. I just, yeah. I I have no idea why any male feels that they have the right to talk about what a woman chooses to do with her body. I think it's the most disgusting thing for any guy to... I, I feel guilty even talking about the topic, even in a pro sense, to, to give women the right to do it. And I only feel that way because I have a wife, I've got, you know, family that, and I've got friends that are female and, you know, at times there might be circumstances where people are impacted by this. And so I feel that there's a bit of a duty for me to at least give a platform for people to talk about it and then also to support those decisions but I still feel a bit weird as a guide to, to sort of weigh in on a topic that's about women but to see guys that are just fundamentally opposed to a woman's decision about their own body is just it's, it's frightening oh it's it's I, I can't think of enough descriptive words <laughs> to, to, to <laughs> I know it's like
1: <laughs> yeah it's it's really frightening to me and I mean look I I, I think that it, it's not any woman's right either. Like, if 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 there's one of those mm. women that was out there protesting, she has as much right as any man. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I, I get what you're saying, but it's really no different if it's a male or a female. Like, the point of anyone's, you know, anyone having any.
0: It's the individual.
1: Yeah, it's it's the it's right same. of the individual. Yeah,
0: yeah, no, and that's. And, a, and that's,
1: that's why, point. but I, I commend you though for for you know, it, it's an uncomfortable topic, but it's it's one that we should talk about, and that's the whole point where you know, I, why, I, why I think that it's good for people to normalize it. I mean, it's not a comfortable topic, but unless we sit down and we actually talk about it, nothing's going to change. And, you know, I, I think, um, you know, if, if you have sisters, you have, you know, girlfriends or wives or mothers, you know, you, as a male who supports that, it's really important to show your support. And, and, you know, as a, as a, woman and as an advocate of this I you know it's something that's really needed too um you know obviously I I agree with you when you say you know it's a woman's choice but you know we also I think like you said it's an uncomfortable topic for a lot of men who feel oh you know it's it's a woman's choice and you know you I think I think that's right but you shouldn't be afraid to stand beside us and you know say well you know we support you and that that's what I'm here to do I kind of want to I want I want people to feel like they can talk about it and not be uncomfortable about it because that's the only way we can normalize it and get people to stand together and be like okay we need to we need to get this across the board and we need to make it something that's okay Um, because at the moment I feel like it's because nobody wants to talk about it that nothing's being done
0: Mm. And, and
1: that's the danger like you said.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And and so I mean, I just to highlight it and I think you made a great point and I didn't really look about it. Look at it this way although it's plain as day is that yes okay this is about a, a woman making a choice but it's about the individual rather than it just being a gender based thing it's it's about the individual person and their circumstances and them having the freedom to be able to make that decision and then on the back of that you know looking in a, and I think you were very um, you are very diplomatic when I listened to you on the other podcast because you, you made a statement along the lines of I'm not going to name individuals because that's just not the right thing to do um, but I, I did my little poking around and I saw the people sort of in the, in the local government Government and council and people that are causing a lot of problems here. And, you know, the fact that, you know, there are males that are in public positions of power that have influence and um, have a platform to be able to air their views to more than just their inner circle of friends. Um, I think there's, there's even more validation for men to be able to turn around and say, that's not right and, yeah. and support the individuals, not only women, but the individuals to be able to make those decisions themselves. And I just think that, um, yeah, it, it puts another shade on it and another perspective, which, um, I certainly, I certainly haven't thought about. And I've always, as you mentioned before, just, I've had that feeling of, Ooh, that's, um, you know, I don't know whether I should really uh, make any comment of that. I'm a guy, you know, what's, what place do I have to say that? And you sort of leave it go. But when, you know, when these things are happening, I think we're, we're just as responsible as everybody else to be able to. To be able to support.
1: Yeah, I, I totally agree. And I guess the other problem that I mean at this in this particular instance, there there has been people um, in this group that have tried to um, they they've got a lot of influence in the community, so they're using that influence to intimidate people. Um, and they're also using they've they've got a lot of financial support um behind them so they've been very um they've been flexing their muscle legally to say we're going to sue anyone who says something that we don't like or that we consider to be defamation and you know not everyone is in a position to go to court over you know something petty I mean we all have jobs to do and you know it it takes up a lot of time in our day and you know not everyone can afford to go and get a lawyer to defend themselves over some you know some claim that they're going to make, but they're, you know, it seems like all these people have is time hmm. and you know money at their expense to sort of prove their point. And I mean, I think they're just being bullies, to be honest. I mean, I'm not going to point anyone out, and I'm I'm being very careful not to use defamatory language. But you know, I mean, that's that's kind of what the issue is. That you know, this this whole thing has been silenced for so many years, and you know, there is a lot of people that are involved in. The, um, you know, in the group that I've been involved in, um, that are very frustrated and they're tired of, they're tired of talking about it. I mean, even Dr. Uh, Amanda Korn, who's, you know, been spending the last couple of years that she's been working as a counselor in Albury trying to get this exclusion zone through, you know, they're all, they're all tired of talking about it because we all know that it's something that should be a fundamental right. But, you know, the crazy thing is that, you know, there's still more people that don't want it but, than do. Um, and they've got more, they've got the strength and the financial backing behind them, which is why, you know, being able to engage with people like you is so important and so greatly appreciated because, you know, you've got you've got that audience that, you know, can make a difference. And, you know, that that's what we're trying to do now is we're just trying to make sure that people outside of, you know, the immediate place know that it's, you know an issue, and they can sort of their their voices count.
0: And I, I don't want to jinx jinx you at all, but have you have you felt any of this intimidation or targeting by by these groups at all? I mean, being the spokesperson for for this cause, I mean you're you're going to or if you haven't already um, had a bit of attention your way as being as being this this person that's sort of representing this change. Um, have you copped anything yourself? Um not yet. Yeah. I wouldn't. <laughs> um, but having said that, I've only. Um, I'm
1: a fairly new addition to this uh, committee. Yeah. On this. Uh, on this group, so um, I know that the people that have been advocating tirelessly, who have started the right for privacy group that I'm a part of. Um, if sorry, I should say the exclusion zone group. Um, they they have personally had a lot of um, intimidation and legal threats. They've had the police called on them. They've had slander. And, I mean, I, I probably um, – it's probably not my place to go into personal um, – I mean, it's, they'd be better off to tell the story than I would, but, I mean, I, I do know that they've they've had a lot of run-ins with this group and, you know, it, it's, it's been a very frustrating sort of saga for them to have to go through. Um, and – you know, I guess I guess what I'm trying to do is to be respectful and like I said to you earlier, I, I, I respect them at least in the in the very least that they are doing what they believe is right. And I think that I respect them for that. It's just that we have different views. Mm. And um, you know, I I think that uh you just have to like for me I'm just trying to maintain the moral high ground and, you know, I'm not gonna Resort to name calling. I'm, I'm there because I represent something that's bigger than me. I represent. Um, oh, I'm trying to represent the people who, you know, that want to have a medical service when they need it, um, and and I want them to be able to access that without being harassed or having anyone's religious belief impede their ability to have that medical service, or you know, to feel like they have to make a decision that's not right for them. Well, for any reason
0: absolutely and i think sometimes if you're if and we do it because it's sometimes it's human instinct we always you know react to situations but i think if we stoop to the level of others then we become a distraction from the bigger topic anyway and it leaves you open for more uh, you, so harder sort of harder steps to walk through or more criticism if you're if you're not acting in an appropriate way so i think it's a a very smart um, approach mm-hmm. and to take the moral high ground and try and find i guess you know, not so much that it's compromised. Well, I guess it is compromised in a way because you, you're still, as you said, you're respecting people's rights to be able to voice an opinion, but it's finding common ground to do it in an appropriate way so that both parties can, can go about their, their days as as need be and not impeding on, on each other. But um, did, you, did you feel that, like, I mean, just given all the stories and, and you know, seeing the experiences of people that, you know, that are in sort of the groups that you're, you're in now. Um, did you feel the hesitation in it any way, or was it more of a case that you knew that you had to take that sort of moral high ground, that would be a way to sort of, for you to, to battle through some of those initial fears of diving into a role like this? Cause it's, I mean, I, I give you, I give you credit. I don't know if I could, if I would have the guts to do something like this because you're definitely potentially in the firing line for for a lot from from other people that feel so passionately about something that's the complete opposite of what you're pushing.
1: Well, we definitely have been baited. Mm. Um, you know, you have people come up to you and they ask very provocative questions, and you you just. You have to, you know, it's good when you have a, you know, a group of people together. There's always going to be some people that are, you know, especially when they've been personally affected by it, it's really important to hold their hand and go, just don't, don't engage. Just, (laughs) you know, you got to, you got to think beyond that, that comment because, you know, when the cameras go on, they always have someone come up and say, "Well, you know what? So, do you really think, you know, that uh, so you believe that killing babies is okay? Is that you know, or you know, they they just they try and um, they try and make you respond to something that's uh you know really that they troll you basically, yeah. um, and uh, you just have to you just have to learn not to engage with that sort of nonsense. It's um. I've been lucky. I've had lots of great support and, you know, a a lot of people in the group that are, you know, they have a fairly good radar for that sort of thing. And you just kind of go, okay, here it comes. And you hold your breath and you just take, you know, count to 10 and you say, yep, no thanks. And you kind of, you know, you just keep going because you've got to remember that, you know, um, there's always going to be a camera and there's always going to be Someone who's waiting to vilify you in some way to, you know, to take what you say out of context. And so for that reason, it's, it's really important to. Yeah, like I said, try and maintain the moral high ground no matter how frustrating and infuriating as it uh, it is. But you know, when you when you're at home, you can you can, you can sort of uh, <laughs> yeah, you can turn on your heavy metal music and go, oh, <laughs> 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 now I, I need it. to let off some steam.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I guess I mean the good thing about this is that I mean you clearly have a uh you know you, you've got self awareness to be able to understand what's happening in that situation and what the right things to do are and that's probably something that is lacking on the other side of the fence um where you know a lot of people are in and it's something i crap on about all the time in this podcast about things such as mindfulness and and having awareness and being present in the moment and, and understanding your actions and also understanding what you have control over and what you don't have control over and focusing on you know what you what you have control um, over in that particular period of time. and I mean just from the things that you're saying as far as the way you, you handle yourself is, I mean to me it just sounds like you, you've got something that um, a lot of these other people probably are a little bit challenged with.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, I think that they're uh, they're very proud and they've uh, well, I would I mean, I, I think that they've got the confidence is what they've they've always had because they have the strength and numbers and um you know now they're kind of having that challenged a little bit more now that you know you've got uh a few of the council members there are uh, they're definitely outnumbered but their their voices are being heard and you know the traction is starting to gain for people that are you know the minority which is our group mm-hmm. um and you know people like yourself certainly um help to bring awareness by you know by giving a voice to um, to this issue and um, as well as you know other people that have you know journalists and uh, you know other podcasters that have you know interviewed people or that have brought to attention the, to the public this this topic so yeah I mean it's um you know I think that they've enjoyed the pr- the privilege of being the uh, you know that being able to be confident in their beliefs and uh, sort of exercise their their um, <laughs> their privilege for long enough, but I think they're, um, they're probably, you're probably likely to see a little bit of a change in their behavior when they're, uh, when they're no longer the, um, the dominant
0: voice. Mm. Well, um, well, I think, um, and I think that's all what it's all about at the moment as far as, you know, voice. Cause I think, I think there's certainly not a minority when it comes to an opinion on the, uh, on the topic itself, and i think that the majority is actually in in support of of you know these things such as exclusion zones and and giving people the individuals the right to make those types of decisions it's just about the voice and that's where it's lacking. So, you know, it's uh, it's a little bit different for me, but, um, why not? I think, um, I sort of thought about the, the people that listen to this podcast and, you know, most, most people are from Australia, but there's a lot of people overseas as well, and they'll have their own challenges in their own neck of the woods. And I think if I can even just plant the seeds of, of something that, uh, you know, begins to pop up in conversation a little bit more. So there's more people actually talking about it. And that's the big thing. It's all about voice. Then, um, then hopefully it, it makes a difference, but, um, I'm going to chuck a whole bunch of links um, on the website um, from all the articles and everything you sent me. I've been, I've been reading this all morning, going through <laughs> and getting, getting immersed in it all. Um, I might also ask you to give me, um, because I'm an idiot when it comes to this stuff. I mean, I've never contacted a local MP ever um, and I've been like you in the past, not terribly politi- politically inclined, um, not because I don't care, but it's just, you know, well, you just don't think yeah, about it. Yeah, apathy. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a good <laughs> word. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but maybe, maybe we can talk after this and work out some step-by-steps and then I'll put it all in the show notes so that it, we make it as easy as possible for people to understand who the people are and then what's the best way of contacting them and how they should contact them as well. Because I think some people struggle with, Written communication as well, and I think if we can empower people to be able to do it effectively and do it as easy and as easily, possible, absolutely. And I think that's a big thing. We we get distracted very easily with our phones and, yeah. and laptops and and everything. So you know, with we we need to make it as simple as possible for people to be able to to make big big change. So we'll uh, we'll we'll get something together and chuck it in the show notes. But is there anything else? I mean, for people, obviously contacting MPs is important. You've given me a link to a. Um, uh, a, what is it? Open letter. Open letter. Penny shops. A petition. Yep. Um, yep. So there's that one. I found another one as well, which is more or less uh, pushing for, for similar things, which I'll just check with you before I, I post that up. And, um, but is there anything else that people should keep in mind or anything that people should be, should be doing apart from all these instructions that I'm going to be giving everyone?
1: <laughs> um, well, I think that well, we've got a Facebook page. If people are interested to have a look and see yep. what's happening, um, it's we need exclusion zones right here, right now. Um, so you can follow us on the page, and we'll give updates uh, on on how the um, how the progress is going on that. Uh, as you said before, uh, Penny Sharp's uh, open letter to safe access zones. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a petition. It, it literally it would take less than 30 seconds to sign and put your uh, name on it. Yep. Um, and that that would be a great help. Um, I actually spoke to Penny at the rally and I said, look, what can I tell people because I'm going to be doing interviews? And she she just said to me, you know, sign the petition. Also, just contact your MP. Uh, Ten minutes on the phone uh, or or if you're not a phone, if you're more of an introvert and you don't like to, be on the phone like me, then send them an email. Um, just a just a quick email, just say, hey, look, uh, you know, it probably it would be good to disclose, you know, the safe access zones. Um, Penny Sharp is bringing it to Parliament this year, New South Wales Parliament. Um, so actually on the petition page, there's uh, a letter um, which you could probably copy and paste or, um, you know, sort of modify as you see fit. Mm. Um, and... That um, they're they're usually pretty good. Like I said, I've um, I've contacted a few local members in my involvement with this advocacy, and I was really surprised to find that they do actually reply to emails in a very timely manner. I don't know if every MP is going to be the same, but um, it's definitely you know something that I mean. Give yourself half an hour. Honestly, there this you won't need more than half an hour, but it makes a huge difference, and your voice is so important and it feels really good let me say as someone who's had a very very recent um introduction into you know the political sort of uh areas it it's empowering you get to meet you know you, you get to engage with people who are you know maybe not in the same sort of areas as you um that you know over something that's important and you, your voice really does make a difference. So. I mean, it'd be great to see if this does pass that you know, to think that you've had a contribution to that, if it does go. But, you know, as I said, it's it's not looking terribly positive at the moment, which is the reason why I, I absolutely plead for people. If you think that there should be an exclusion zone in New South Wales, we need your voice and we need people to email, we need people to call, because you know, the majority of the New South Wales uh, members are quite conservative, and unless we get people to call in and say, look, this is something that's important, it, there's a pretty good chance that it won't pass. Mm. So make your voices heard and, um, mm. you know, do whatever you can. You can look on my page, but also, you know, contacting your MP is probably the best thing that you could do. Yeah, if you're in New South Wales, <laughs>
0: absolutely, absolutely. Well, I'll I'll chuck all the links in there. I'm going to make it really easy. I'll spell out a few things for people because um, I just know what I'm like sometimes with things. I'm like, oh god, that sounds like there's so many things that I need to do. But I'll make it nice and easy for people and chuck some links. Yeah. On, on on my Facebook page as well, and and yeah, I'll just uh, do what I can from from my side to support. And as you said, like even if it at the moment it doesn't doesn't look too good, then that's even more reason for, for people to take a, a few minutes to to shoot an email off or make a phone call. Or sign a petition. I think it'll be nice and simple from our end, and, and uh, combined, it'll have a it'll have a big impact. So uh, we'll do what we can.
1: Thank you so much. I really appreciate your support, and thanks to all your listeners that you know take it upon themselves to spend that five or ten minutes to. Um, you know, to exercise their political muscle and do that, it's very much appreciated.
0: Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm liking where this podcast is going. I'm like, oh, wow, this is, sounds like something I could actually do something positive for, for people. Fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> but I think... Um, <laughs> Feels ne- good. Yeah, that's right. And I think next time we'll, we might have to have a secondary chat. Um, we'll talk heavy metal and maybe some, some of the, the years gone by of uh, being in the Sydney metal scene and, uh, and what you've been doing since then.
1: That would be great. I would love to do that.
0: (laughs) Sounds good. All (laughs) right. Thanks, Caitlin. I'm going to put links up and um, really appreciate uh, you giving me some time and letting me ask a bunch of silly questions.
1: Oh, Andy, it's a privilege and it's been so nice to chat with you. Thank you so much for giving me a platform to speak on. Awesome.
0: Thank you. Thanks, folks. If you uh, really are a strong supporter of what Caitlin is all about, the biggest takeaway from this is contacting your local MP if you live in New South Wales. If you don't, I think regardless, you should be contacting your local uh, parliament representative and um, letting them know that this topic is an important one and uh, making sure that we push for people's right to choose. Um, I'm going to put links everywhere. Um, Well, everywhere. They're going to be in the show notes for AndySocial.net. So all the stuff that we spoke about, there's going to be all the Facebook uh, pages, the groups, the community groups, um, all the content. Um, There's a bunch of um, news articles. um, Larry chirping in the background, my cockatiel. (laughs) Thank you. Um, As well as resources as to how to find out who your local MP is in the state of New South Wales. If you want more information, um, please contact me directly or you can contact Caitlin. I'll have Caitlin's de- details in there as well. Um, but anything you can do to ensure that your local um, parliament representative is aware that this is a hot topic um, you know, would go a long way. Um, I think, you know, as I mentioned in this chat with Caitlin, for me, I just feel it was a given. Like, I really just thought, of course, you know, people should have safe access. They should have the right to make that decision themselves and it should be legal. Um, I just figured it was. But because I figured it was a given, I don't talk about it. And as a result, I've discovered that it actually isn't that easy and that straightforward. And a lot of people have to go through a hell of a lot um, in order to utilize these services, which is really, really um, unfortunate. So, um, please if you can if you can spare a couple of minutes to get the get on the phone and call your local MP or shoot an email send a letter whatever it might be it will go a hell of a long way. And I'd love to see the antisocial audience get behind uh, Caitlin's cause because I think we really need to support people that are already going through a traumatic um, episode themselves and they don't need the further uh, hurdles to jump over before utilizing these services. So uh, antisocial.net, go over there, check it all out. Everything will be there. Please contact me directly or Caitlin directly if you want more information and assistance as well. That's it, guys. I'm more than enough crapping on from me as always if you want to support the podcast all the social media stuff liking, sharing, tagging all that sort of stuff leave a review somewhere you know, all that love if you want to get into the competition with uh, Design by Jaden go to designbyjaden.com if you want free artwork all that sort of stuff go back and listen to the beginning of the episode if you want to but uh, that's it thank you so much love you guys so much thank you so much for the, uh, for the support until next week until next week's episode ta-ta you're ready